This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Bit of a roller coaster ride, I guess you could say, on the market today. That's why, of course, when we see that happening, we have to bring in Jeffrey Sandler, Portfolio Manager for Linden Wealth with Raymond James. Hello, Jeffrey. Hi. Long time no talk to. Yeah, I, I get the call. I usually know that the market's down a lot. So You don't I, wait for our call to tell you that, though, right? No. I, <laughs> I see it and I say, well, I'll probably get an email from Simi's show. But that's okay. That's good. I like coming in. Well, I think people have a lot of questions. Like with today, it is sharply down. What's going on out there? Yeah, the the major indices were off a couple of percentage points or more. I think Nasdaq 100, which is where the it's tech heavy, is down about three percent today. So it's a big move. It's not a little move. Um, and uh, this is all due to the weekend, uh, I guess, collapse. Is one word I heard somebody use of the USA China trade negotiations, resulting in an enhanced round of new tariffs on the part of China. But the the math in this situation is not very good for China and is only somewhat poor from the for the USA. So I Why? really think that, well, I was looking through the U.S. Commerce Department's uh, notes on, on exports. Who does the most business with the United States? And, uh, of course, Canada and Mexico are, are right up there. So in, in, in total amount of, uh, of trade done with the U.S., Canada and Mexico are pretty much tied. And China is about 13% of all of their trade. And us and Mexico are about 15%. So we're bigger. We're, yeah, we're between the two of us, we're a third of all the business done with the U.S. economy, which is big. But when you look at exports and imports and take them out, again, Canada and the U.S. are are there. But China sells four times more than it buys with the U.S. Oh. So they sell 400 percent more, 300 percent more of of what they uh import from the United States. So they're not doing a ton of buying from the Americans in the neighborhood of 70 billion a year. They're selling close to, you know, that is 400 billion a year to the Americans. So that's a huge discrepancy. That's that, such a, well, that's such what this is. That's what this is about. Sort of. It's what the current president of the U S and a lot of others, uh, feel is a bit of an imbalance and also something that um, longer term should be addressed. But more importantly, and I think the reason the talks really went off the rails was intellectual property. And I, I think that happened last week, and I think it was the killer. I think it it kind of stuck a knife in the in the talks. Because they were so close. I kept hearing that, oh, a deal was imminent, and then all of a sudden it went sideways. I can't believe that there would be a deal, you know, that I would come in here one day and you and I are going to discuss, oh, Canada, sorry, USA, China have a new, you know, Trade long-term deal. trade agreement. I, I, you I don't didn't see, see it, it happening. No, I, I see it as a, a, a lengthy, possibly decades-long process to, just to get to you know the the ultimate really? destination of where they're going. Sure, you've got a, a you know 1.4 billion population emerging economy, which is soon going to be. I would liken it to what Japan went through in the 60s and 70s. Went from the kind of third-rate producer of cheap consumer goods to a leading you know, A-list consumer good producer. In other words, like highest, quality, goods, highest yes. quality goods were then coming from Japan after a lengthy period of where they were just kind of trying to get into the game. China's the, kind of emerging the same the same path. You know, one day we're selling them aircraft, the next day they could become the number one aircraft producer in the world. So if you look at these indexes today, if you're, you know, following the stock market or looking at the headlines and you notice the big sell-off, uh, you know, a third of that sell-off in the Dow, for instance, or the S&P, is two companies. 
Apple and Boeing. Oh. Yeah, they're so big and, and they're so affected by what's going on in China. The, the, the Chinese government basically has no choice right now in terms of a tariff war but to pick on American companies to try and, and put some pressure on Washington. Now, I read this about the Boeing thing that, yes, they're putting pressure on Boeing by you know potentially canceling all of these orders and doing all that. But that would leave them with no choice but having to buy Airbus and Airbus can increase the price. So they're stuck. I don't know of... You know, any historical references to big winners in trade wars? <laughs> well I, don't, put, I don't know yes. of anybody saying, oh, yeah. The, this you is know, why we try not to get into them, the isn't Canadian it? The Canadian economy is where it is today thanks to that wonderful trade war we went through. Uh, no, it's where it is today because of NAFTA. It's where it is today because of our agreements with European nations who buy a lot of stuff from us. And, and the Australians and China and Japan and Korea and, and now you know, Cambodia and Vietnam. And so all of these economies are competing for all of this global trade. China and the U.S. have hands down the single biggest amount of money on the line. This is a big game that they are playing. So there's a lot on the line. And for China, there's there's a second layer of risk, and that is for China, if, if they get into a situation where they can't sell uh, the huge amount of goods that they're selling to the Americans right now because the Americans are the number one customer. If they walk out of the store, there, there's a potential for destabilization of the Chinese economy and, and, their, and their system, which is very delicate. And it's a centralized economy and it's ruled with military decree. And huh. they really have, they put a lot of work and effort into and a lot of surveillance into keeping the population happy with the way they're running things. If you suddenly have to change direction again in terms of where people are employed. If those factories go quiet because the Americans aren't buying stuff, you, you, you know—you got a different story emerging in China. Okay, so then obviously the, the Chinese need this more than the Americans do. Absolutely. Okay, so then if that's the case, then why, why are they fighting this intellectual property case so strongly? And I know they've, they've obviously built that, what they call it, that Great Wall, the... Right, the internet firewall that they've built around their country, which no other country's been able to do, is it, is it really worth that to them? It, yeah, yeah, we're really discussing the uh, the the principal point of contention between cultures. It it is not seen in in that culture or in in others in the world as so strict a situation that you can't violate things that you and I would, you know, you can't yeah. just copy movies. You can't just take music. You can't just steal computer code. You can't go into a factory and steal all the designs from the machines. Their reply, for the most part, to this date has been, why? Why not? It's right there. I'll just, it's just code. It's just numbers on a disk. I'm just going to take it. So that's been what the Americans have been dealing with, and they've had a lot of manufacturers. And, and uh, you, you, normally you see the headlines from the luxury good manufacturers you know, saying they're yes. sick of knockoffs. Yeah. And, and the music people are sick of the music being stolen. And the movie people are really upset because the day after a new movie comes out, it's already on the market yeah. in Hong Kong. Or it used to be that way. I'm not sure it's, it's nearly as bad as it once was. But those intellectual property rights are what? apparently, according to the news reports I'm reading out of Washington, what really tipped the uh, scale last huh. week and, and kind of ended the talks. Okay. So uh, let's also talk about the tariffs on this too. Like, are these sizable? Are consumers feeling these? Let's, you know, let's, let's replace that word with the word taxes. 
So when the president walks into a room full of people and says, hey, how about those tariffs? And everybody cheers. That is a mystery to me. He's coming in the well, room and he's he saying... Well, because he thinks that for some reason he thinks China is actually paying the tariffs. Well, his, his commerce secretary today admitted, no, no, consumers are going to pay for all of this. And it's all American consumers. Yeah, that's so, the commerce secretary. That's not the actual president. Like, I still no, haven't heard him say those words. Because it was impossible for him to... to say otherwise because he knows it's like defying gravity by saying that you're you know it's not going to be paid for by somebody tariffs are taxes on the consumer the one dollar item that you were getting from china is now a dollar 25 the dollar 25 items now a dollar 50 the dollar 52 dollars so if you go to walmart and your monthly bill with your family of three kids is normally a couple hundred dollars and it shoots up by 100 or 150 that's tariffs because right. almost everything in that store comes from the same place. So you're, you're looking at a direct and slow, but it'll be there, uh, followed for the American consumer. Okay, so then with all that going on, we need to ask, how does this impact us here in Canada, or does it impact us? Everything that the Americans do I impacts yes. us. Um, I, isolationist uh, uh, rhetoric and then isolationist policy and then trade wars on behalf of anybody anywhere. If this was Germany we were talking about or the UK, France, Mexico, uh, the major uh, Latin American economies, uh, Brazil, Argentina, if we were talking about any of them in the same context, it would still pose the same international risk because we're all so connected. The, the, the problem with this one is, and the reason I'm here and the reason this is a big story and the reason that the markets are selling off is because this is number one and two in the world in terms of economic size. So this will cascade through. It'll be a pebble in a pond type of situation and there will be waves, most of which we don't know what the effects are going to be, but they're going to be there. And in some cases, they'll be substantial. For Canadians, absolutely, as they, as they keep changing the rules. Imagine you're in any business and whatever rules you follow to sell things to somebody else change almost weekly. And, you, and you've got thousands of employees and you've got engineering and you've got costs and materials and currencies and you've got all this stuff you're trying to balance. But every week, something changes. It's almost impossible. So you'll see, you'll see headlines like purchasing managers and consumers start to back out a little bit. And this is where you get a concern that we right. might have something bigger and badder going on. And that that's the fear that's always there, of course, in the market. But right now it's acute because these two people are so big, these two brawlers. Okay, so what about our free trade agreement then? The Canada, US, Mexico free trade agreement. It does seem to be languishing a little bit. So why isn't that moving forward? It has to go through ratification, but it's basically done. And and the reason I don't see a... First of no all, hiccups? let's go back... You don't think there's going to be hiccups? I, oh, there's always going to be hiccups. There's going to be a change here. You know, just the lumber trade will throw enough hiccups at you to, uh, you know, set you back a year or two. I mean, it's the way it's it, the way it's been. But we get along. We'll do it. We're we're doing, you know, over a billion a day just on the Ambassador Bridge in Windsor. So we'll we'll get it done. With China, I have a feeling this will somehow work out because there's so much on the line. There, there's so much money being made by American concerns having this relationship in place. Right. And there's undoubtedly the entire future of the Chinese five to 10 year growth plan and everything they do is very long term. Uh, that, that depends on this somehow getting fixed. But if they need this done, then would it be foreseeable that China would be the one to compromise here? I, I don't see how, how, how else they it could happen. It, yeah. I don't see how else it could happen. Although I'm always surprised by these. For all you and I know, there's something going on in the back room. There's a discussion going on and something <laughs> nobody has any yeah, nobody has any clue how this is really working out. But what I know is that the China would have to want to get this fixed. 
Okay, so then when we see the headlines today with the market down, you're saying that's mainly just two companies and overall, other than that, things are okay? Oh, no, no. Everything's down. No, oh, no. It's okay. a sell-off. I'm saying two companies are responsible for a third. You're going to see big numbers. Dow down 1,000. Dow down 700. Yeah. Okay, well, 200 of the points are two companies. Oof. So in other words, when you see these big numbers, it's, uh, you know, I've talked about big numbers before. When you throw them out there, people just glaze over because it's Pretty just much. a big number. What's a trillion, what zillion dollars? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's more than I can imagine. Uh, a 600-point, 700-point down move is a big move, but today Apple and Boeing are responsible for a third of that. Okay, but we see things bouncing back, or is this just the roller coaster ride that we've been on from now? The only way you won't get a bounce back is if after days and weeks of this going on, and, and we're in spring-summer period, so this is the period when markets can be susceptible to this type of news. If, if this goes on if it, if it doesn't if it doesn't appear that there's any real effort underway to uh, to fix this then the concern will will go over to recessionary concerns and then you'll have a situation that, that that's where you'll get you were underplaying problems. that one. Yes, you were underplaying well, that one for sure. We haven't had one in a long time. The last one we had was a doozy. We're still recovering from it. There's no reason that we have to go into a recession right now, but certainly something this big could could trigger Tip that. us into well, it. it could, Although the job market, like you look at the United States jobs market, and it's it's uh, booming. Like they're doing phenomenally well. It is booming. The unemployment rates as low Record as you can. Low. Yeah. Well, it's as low as you probably can get it. Uh, but there's also participation rates, and there's also average hourly income. So there's there are there are there are strains inside the system that aren't evident again from a headline number. So okay. So if we get recessionary and that that unemployment rate picks up at all, it's not just that the unemployment rate's picking up; is that a lot of people who are working right now cannot possibly afford. To have anything cut back, yes. yes, because they're they're just clinging, because the income at that level isn't. Uh, there's a huge percentage of the population is not is not doing anything but living check to check. Well, you just made that a very happy Monday, oh, didn't sorry. you? Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the truth it's hurts. The truth hurts. You're truth right. hurts. But yeah. I'm I'm hoping that this this gets worked through. If it does, I think we're in just a a pause period. We okay. were we were due. We were really due. I mean, since Christmas. I mean, you know, twenty five percent straight north. I mean, it, it it's it's crazy since since uh, Boxing Day. That is so true, Jeffrey. Thank you. That's Jeffrey Sandler, portfolio manager for Linton Wealth with Raymond James.